I am super excited to announce that we now have a formal partnership with the Prospect Wizard. And when I say wizard, I mean wizard. Obviously, you have a website. This allows you to convert your website traffic visitors directly into leads. It's not just another chatbot, and it's not AI, but it allows a visitor to call, text, or leave a voicemail. Immediately goes to you, your sales team, or anyone else in the club. Instantly, MIT shows a study that if you contact the lead within 10 minutes, chance of them converting goes up nine times that of the average. We got the Atlanta clubs on it, Vita Fitness, Gold's Gym, Mountainside, City Fitness Philly, College Park, become one of the next Halo companies to deploy the wizard. It's easy to use. Go to theprospectwizard.com, get a free 30-day trial. Talk to my boy, Dave Gallon. He will get you all set up and let the leads flow based on the wizard. Go get them. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of bringing from Dallas, Texas, by way of Canada into the meal industry. You will know about icon Todd Abrams. Good to meet you. Yeah, pleasure to meet you, Pete. I appreciate the opportunity. You got it. So, um, look, there's been uh, obviously a lot going on in the uh, food delivery space. You know, this isn't on video, but it looks like you, you work out every now and again. Just um, so, you know, you've been a, a serial entrepreneur from I see on your LinkedIn. So maybe give us the abridged version on, you know, where you started, how you got to here, and then how you said, hey, I'm going all in. Uh, you yeah. know, on Icon Meals. Yeah, for me, it's uh, always been really never worked for anyone. So sort of that entrepreneurial, that's all about from uh, early on. Um, grew up in a weird industry in Canada. My dad owns funeral homes and cemeteries. So I came from uh, that sort of um, background. Um, first company I had started off in the software industry um, in that space. And it was really more um, before the time for... Uh, for FuneralExchange.com. Yeah, it was FuneralExchange.com. And then... Um, we, we got acquired um, into a company called Aldor Solutions, but we were the first, one of the first companies to build on the funeral management software. Back then, the funeral directors didn't have websites, blah, blah, blah. So fast forward that, we built probably about 16,000 websites over those years. Um, our funeral management software is still used today, but we were one of the first companies to tie into like sort of um, the EDI, the hospitals, death care certificates, uh, pre-need insurance. We did a bunch of memorialization products, uh, et cetera. Ended up um, being acquired um, and then we sold that company to uh, Stewart Enterprises or Keystone Group, which is a publicly traded consolidator. Um, huh. From there, we spun out another company I had um, called Layer Technologies. And that really came from us building up these funeral home management apps. We needed to host them. So we started hosting um, apps, a little bit of cloud computing. And um, that was really sort of the, the company I had for 14 years. So you guys probably all know you've heard WordPress. So we were the first guys to host WordPress back in the days so of Barry and Matt. Um, when Matt was still at CNET before he actually started the real called the huge company, he started with, with us. They had about two servers and, um, in 2014, when we exited that company, they had, let's just say quite a few more, but, um, yeah, we did a lot of, um, back in the day there, PCI compliance. Um, we had a uh, computer associates, a bunch of other companies. We were an early adopter in the, in the cloud computing space. I did some, a lot of cybersecurity, federal work. Um, my partner in that company, um, for nine of my 14 years was Excel KKR. So, yep. um, raised money with them, did quite a few different acquisitions, about uh, four companies over those 14 years. And, uh, in 2014, we were supposed to sell it to Silver Lake partners, ended up, um, through some internal fun stuff with, let's call it people and different things, ended up selling it to Datapipe, who then sold right. to, uh, Rackspace another year later. 
when you were working with KKR Excel, we, what, what were you doing for them? Were you working with them to find deals, or they were? Uh, uh, they were actually so they were an investor in us, so they were my okay. our private equity. Um, we raised a good chunk of capital with them, and then over those fourteen years, well, nine of those fourteen years, they brought us a bunch of deal flow, right? So we bought a, a couple other companies, added services companies, added a, a security company in there, and then brought some other, I'll call it bigger guns in there really to, uh, to sort of grow that. But that company had roughly about 200 employees. So. Yeah. We, uh, when I was in business school, started a company called Iron Planet that got funded by KKR Excel back in the day, which, uh, you were in the funeral business originally. I was in the, uh, used heavy construction industry for a, uh, for a hot second. So it's go. like I'm waking up and, and helping more people live better, healthier lives than um, making sure like a highway gets paved, you know, more economically. So I'll take, I'll take the road I'm on. Same here. So, so really Icon was more, um, I grew up not being the, the, as in good shape I am now, I grew up being the fat kid. Called my nickname for many years, used to be Lumpy. So it's really, uh, grew up playing sports, played junior hockey all my life in Canada, et cetera. Um, but I just thought, I love working in and stuff, but I thought calories were calories and McDonald's and beer and everything was of the same set. So, um, Icon's really more a, a passion project for me. So when we started that in 2014, I really believe food can change people's lives. Um, and also from a, a business standpoint, I've always had to have two things in any of my businesses, one residual to recurring revenue and two, I'll call it a solution to a problem. And our solution was really that element of convenience as everyone, um, other businesses, et cetera, live that healthy life, that, that fast-paced lifestyle, right? And still people have to eat. So from that standpoint, if we can combi- uh, combine a convenient option. And one of the key things was there's many other companies doing sort of what we do. I had some friends that had meal prep companies and I just didn't like what they were doing with the food. Um, a lot more preservatives, a lot of different things that I'm real picky on. And um, so that was sort of how we started. We started building um, Icon Meals in, in 2014, the end of 2014 with um, sort of breaking it down doing custom meals and that's really more more on the dietary side specific macros etc so i used to have access to my dad's change machine so i used to hit the ice cream man when i was like nine to nine to 13 i said i was tell people i used to have to shop at the uh, sears husky kids department buy elastic corduroy jeans which was very demoralizing so i'm not going back there either yeah. um so i so i hear you on being the chubby kid uh for a period of time um you know, from a standpoint of, of 2014, you know, through the pandemic, yep. obviously there was a lot of irrational investing into the meal delivery and the meal prep industry. So talk about maybe one, how you kind of combated that either psychologically, uh, but also from like a, a company standpoint. And then also, uh, you know, after you go through that, tell us what it's like to like run a business and then, cause this happens in our industry all the time where somebody comes in and throws a hundred million dollars into some company where you're like, dude, I have no idea where they're going to spend it. I don't know how these guys got the money, you know, terrible investment thesis, whoever made it, but I got to compete with a hundred million dollars that some irrational company has. Yeah, I think there, there was like, so we got in on, I was all the, the big wave, right? Where it was all these meal kit companies. So you had HelloFresh, you had Blue Apron and tons of capital and burning tons of capital. And it was just crazy where the average, their average order value was like 60 bucks back then. Their CAC was frigging crazy hundreds of dollars and their LTV was basically a month, right? So from, from that standpoint, they do a trial, 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 but it, the big money on marketing budget. So it's, um, again, I think just from, I'll call it experience in, in my past, it's not, you can't just throw endless money, right? It's not 
a lot of people were looking at, at it to me as sort of that tech rush again, right? Trying to get those big multiples and hey, when we get the money, then we'll figure it all out. But um, from our standpoint, from day one, we did this a little bit differently. We didn't go and raise a bunch of capital up front. It was um, mainly funded by myself and a couple smaller people, but we haven't still raised any huge amounts of money, right? So from the, from that standpoint, it was important to be able to run the business out of cash and keep that that going. So that meant for us not going to, let's say, the big grocery guys and stuff right at the start, right? Because a lot of those, when we had those discussions, they wanted 60, 90, 120 day terms. And I, I can't afford to get paid once every quarter or whatever. So yeah, sure. um, we were more picky that way. We built a uh, sort of direct consumer. We tried to do some different partnerships differently. Um, we built what I'll call is a, a pretty decent wholesale size business for us. I'm going to say wholesale, smaller retailers and stuff in different markets. And that really, we use that as I'll call it a marketing arm. So let's say in on the Victoria, Texas or wherever, there's different bunch of army bases, et cetera. But um, instead of going and spending all this money on Facebook ads and other other things, right? It's really going and building local partnerships to build brand in those areas. And over time, that's paid off for us. Um, but I, again, it was having to watch where that capital came in and sort of watch where that capital went out, right? So if you notice like, well, one of the, the first office we had, it was, I think I had two homes at the time. And one of it was most to be furnished by my my house. Then all of a sudden my, my dining room table would disappear. It would be our boardroom table and, and different things. Right. So, um, Again, I think it's always been that way that we've never been in real frugal and stuff. Um, but again, you have to have that mentality, I think. And um, I don't know, it's again, taking, I'll call it calculated risks for me, but risks that uh, I don't know. I look at risk a little bit differently than many other people I know just because I believe that we control sort of that risk if I'm going to bet on myself. So um, being able to, I'll call budget appropriately and also just in regards to where we had um, our ad spend and stuff. Um, for us, it was never, um, I don't know, throw it out there and a ton of money on cold market spend and hope it will come, right? It was more calculated. We built this company, we've never had salespeople. So I built this company on the B2B side more through um, affiliates and our partnerships. And those are more relationships. I'm a big person on relationships. Um, that's mm -hmm. how I built most of my businesses and most of the larger deals um, for us and always sort of networking. And so I'm trying to use that kind of, I'll call it intellectual capital really um, relationship capital rather than just money. This is Pete Moore. Here's the last tip for you of the podcast. We are partnered up with a company called Higher Dose, higherdose.com. They are the leader in workout recovery products, infrared technology, LED light masks, neck enhancers, and other products such as PEMF mats and sauna blankets. If you have not gotten on the workout recovery train yet, your time and your stop is now. You got to get these products in there before these workout recovery and spas end up saturating your market. Having your members walk out of the club and going into one of their locations for 200 bucks per month where they're paying 39 to you. Let's become an expert in workout recovery if we are already an authority in workouts. Higher dose, check it out. Is a wholesale code, and we look forward to helping you augment your products and services to meet the demands of your members. And hey, let's get people happy, healthy, and sweating, and the recovery should be just as good as the workout. You know, what, one thing to just highlight for our audience here, you know, when you go to, uh, when you go to a grocery store and you see something, you know, let's just say it's a, uh, I'm looking at like a, uh, Facial cream right now by Pons, P O N D S, you know, and they've got this little, let me bring it. We got this thing right here, right? So, like, this thing's like 10 bucks, right? 
So there's probably four dollars of like advertising dollars that are basically being re recouped, you know, in, in every unit, if you will. So I'm just thinking through what you just articulated, and like by going the B2B channel, by basically having enough margin for whoever's ultimately selling it, have enough margin for yourself, you know, there's there's several dollars of, you know, call it like cost that doesn't need to be passed on as revenue for yourself and the consumer paying for it because you guys have negotiated a B2B deal that they benefit from in actual list price or or sale price. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. About, I haven't really thought about that before. But yeah, uh, I, I think do. also one thing that probably a lot of people don't re realize is that in food, you don't have these huge margins, right? If you're in the supplements, you got whatever, 80, 90%, this is all that margin, right? So one thing that we've also done is we built it a, a sort of functional food line. That functional food line sort of offsets the cost. And you really have to understand your business because if you do have these limited margins on X, you still need to be overall, I'll call it making sure that the boat stays afloat, right? So from that standpoint, um, by having our functional food line, our, our protein popcorn and other stuff, it allowed us to then build a little bit more margin and offer some of those terms to some of our CPG retailers and, and um, business to business um, corporate accounts, which has uh, helped us on cash flow as well. So, yeah. So let me, I, I know probably how you're going to react to this, but I just, just came yeah. to my mind. What are your thoughts when someone says to you, hey, let this product be a loss leader? Is yeah. That, is that something that, does that get you like prickly and like yeah, angry? <laughs> the last layers to me is someone has a bunch of cash that they're trying to do different things. They're using someone else's cash and it's not their own cash, right? So for, from that standpoint, I, I'm not a big fan of that term because we can't afford those last leaders, right? So we need to plug those holes before they become a last leader. And we're constantly looking at, um, people always say, hey, what's your, your best meals, or your best products and stuff? I'm like, all that you see on this menu that I'm providing to you or the list are going to be our best because they don't have time to not, not be our best. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to constantly be doing AB testing and a bunch of different things to get those, those cycles and proper product out of there. There's a place in New York city. They took the meat, the, uh, they had this awesome meatball wrap. It was healthy. And they somehow took it off the menu. I'm like, how come no one check with me? I buy this thing like four days a week. <laughs> like, where's it? Where's the customer surveys? Yeah. Um, you know, talk to us about, you know, you come down to Texas, you start this company. It's kind of like a passion project, hobby. It's obviously done well in other ventures. You're not a guy that looks like he wants to like lose money on his hobby. I still want to make money on my hobby as well. How do you think about building a team when you could probably do a lot of things yourself? Yeah, I think it's important. Any company that I've always had, it's, it's not about me. I, I'd say I have certain skills and I don't know, I call it John Maxwell's the law of the lid, right? You get so far and then you're going to hit this lid and uh -huh. you really need to expand that lid to go to the next, the next level. And the next level has always been for me and my other companies is, is you got to build a team. The team is what builds the business and you need to surround yourself with people that have more expertise and more experience in different areas and complement what you don't have. And that's one thing I've always tried to do. I hear a lot of people all the time, oh, I'm not going to pay them this or her this or that because it's, it's more than me. Well, great. I'm probably one of the lower paid people here, right? But again, it's, it's, you got to look at investing in that team because those people and you want to build a culture. It's not just people. It's not putting a bunch of people in place that have a bunch of egos. It's really putting people in place that uh, sort of align with that culture and that vision. And then are also a almost like um, a bunch of entrepreneurs within that organization mm -hmm. that you want to all have, uh, I'll call it, um, of the same vision. So your real goal of that, at least in my mind, is to build that vision, allow them to work within that vision, right? And carry their own vision and peace forward. But you have to keep that constantly moving forward. And I, I think that's one of the biggest things, but I'm big about building the culture and the, the good people for a good team. Yeah. 
you know, and and if you can think back to, to 2014 or just think about in some of the companies you've had and you've run, you know, is it, is it, did you make any mistakes that you would say, you know what, I hired a CFO and I should have hired, you know, a COO or I should have hired yeah. somebody, you know, for quality control and not for new business development because I could do that. So give us like maybe, obviously everything's, you know, uh, in, in isolation as it is at any time. But yeah. give, give us how you thought about that or things that you want to like could go back and do again. I think early on, the first companies that I didn't really have, so I focused more on, I'll call it developers, right? A bunch of developer people. And I was sort of that sales arm because that's what I did. I didn't really have a product until we created that product, right? And then as that evolved, because I was the one from the funeral industry, I saw things that what I believed as problems and we built solutions for those. So then the next thing was, okay, at a certain level, now you, you do need CFO, right? Or you do, I'm not a CFO, but I'll call it like, a CFO to me in many minds is someone who's sitting in this ivory tower and just sort of builds these models and different things, right? I want someone to really be able to work in the trenches with me. We built models, I'll call it, hey, let's look at this. What if we do this? What if we add this brick on here? What does that get us, right? Or what if we cut costs here, et cetera? And it's always, to me, I, I want a team that's working on the fly. So I've made some, some bad decisions, including in, in this business, like just, I'll call it recently, right? Get bigger. If you want to hire this CFO, we've hired contractors and stuff. And I, I get different things that aren't what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone that still wants to be that entrepreneur, entrepreneur, right? I want them to own it, take control. One thing that probably shame on me and bad for me sometimes, I'm not a big micromanager. I tell people I want to enable them, I'll empower them. I want to yeah. trust them, right? And it's come back to bite me, but that's how my my management style is. And I, again, I've had a battle right now over the past couple of years here with trying to find the right CFO slash person, right? It's just, it's, I don't know, one person in here, we used a huge staffing firm, we'll get into it and stuff, but I had them, the first one was crazy. It was like a seven day nightmare. It was like changing journal entries and changing all this crap. And I was like, what the hell? Anyways, hired this other one after that run for a couple months, they were here for about two months. And all of a sudden it's like, I went there one day and he's playing World of Warcraft. This is a guy that's almost 60 years old, right? And yeah, so yeah. for, I just, I've learned a lot of lessons in regards to, I, I want to believe in them and I want to believe in all my people that they're going to do right. But I, I have learned as well. You need to sort of hire slow and fire quickly. And that's the, the biggest, one of my biggest, I'll call it lessons over my years of wanting to believe that people are better than what they are, not just moving on. This is Pete Moore. I want to let you in on a little secret. There's this company called Promotion Vault. And what they do is they give out rewards from retailers that allow you to incentivize your members without having to do zero down and one month free, or giving away shakes, or giving away t-shirts, what you want to do is build a rewards program that lasts, that people value, and that doesn't discount your own products and services. So here's the deal. There's something called Rewards Vault. The Rewards Vault is going to allow a member to set up their own profile. They are going to answer questions. You are going to get those answers. You're going to be able to target those members, and you're going to reward them inside your club, inside your spa, and outside of the club and outside of the spa to get them to become loyal, to get them to pay their monthly dues, and to be rewarded properly for the actions. A lot of companies are cutting back on rewards. You shouldn't be. Promotion Vault's your answer. Trust me, this is real. Dave and I wrote a book over COVID called Time to Win Again. And it's 52 takeaways from team sports to ensure oh, your wow. business success. You're going to love it because we talk about Hire twice a year. Don't yeah, just like whoever, whoever's left is like next man up. Yeah. Treat your employees like professional athletes. 
you know, give them the ability to do what they need to do, you know, and, and perform on the ice and make sure they got all the tools yep. and they can get coached up. So we'll, we'll Dave, we'll send, uh, just send Todd a book. You're going to love, love it. that. Yeah. Um, and it's got caricatures in it also. So it's an easy read. Um, from a standpoint of, of the, the sign you have behind you, which says your life is a hundred percent your responsibility. Is that something that somebody gave to you? Is that something you tell people? Is that something you needed to like remind yourself of? No, I had a, a quote that I kept saying like this. So one of my employees, my CEO actually put that in here, but for, for me it is right. Cause I've never been handed anything. And I think it, it's from that. It's like, I have all these people that say, oh, my life's so hard. And this, and I'm like, compared to what, right? It's, yeah. You're holding the pen that writes the chapters to your life and you can change it at any time. And I think so many people go from not having an accomplishment or not doing this or that to becoming the victim. And we saw so much oh, of that yeah. over COVID, right? But from that standpoint, it's, I'm a big proponent on that. Like you want to make change then you got to change. Like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again. I see so many people living Groundhog Day each and every day. Right. But. Yeah. I've been to Groundhog Day twice. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but we, we went as friends not to relive any, uh, any victim status. Um, you know, so talk to me, uh, uh as we kind of close here on our first Halo talk, you know, you, you're based in Texas, what's your reach look like? You know, we got an audience here. A lot of them are studios and, and gyms historically selling ready to made meal plans, uh, or pickup drop off hasn't had the success in the clubs and the studios as we would have thought. Uh, maybe some of that's because of the, the, the execution that has not been executed on, but what are your thoughts on that? And would you recommend groups that are in the halo sector, bricks and mortar getting in contact with you and why? Yeah, I think it's a great add on depending on what kind of clubs we work with, uh, quite a few clubs right now, small, and we've worked with large that get in names. We do a lot with corporate as well. And I think it is, if you look at the model and you implement it, right, there can be substantial additional revenue, right? Um, there's a lot of crap out there today, so it's not apples to apples. It's, I don't know. We buy a lot of crap as well, right? I spend probably three to four thousand dollars of other people's product on a, a monthly basis just to see what it, what's out there. Yeah. But from from that standpoint, it's really understanding and looking at what you want to do, looking at working with a partner that meets your needs. Like all our, our product is vacuum sealed, right? So it's one of the biggest things for clubs is, is shelf life, right? But extended shelf life. Um, I, again, don't get into bed or work with anyone that's not a USDA inspected facility. They they live with us. We've been under inspection for five years. Um, and again, make sure your vision is aligned sort of with what their goals are. It's not, but again, you want to be able to have someone that is that reliable, trusted partner for your end clients, whether it be corporate or whether it be in the club. Right. And leave with that, that sense of, um, a quality product, because that's what you're providing is quality service or whatever to your clients. So I think it is great. The, and then the functional foods add huge margin to that average order value. How, um, again, a lot of our clubs put it on a subscription basis. So, um, the, the, I think there's a ton of benefits. Our, our current capacity here, we can do roughly probably about 200 to 250,000 meals a week out of this facility. We have additional expansion capacities. Um, we do do also some, um, in the co-manufacturing space and private label for some other companies that are much bigger than us, which uh, many of your listeners will probably know the brands, but um, we do that as well on a very um, sort of strategic um, opportunity as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so we got one quote from you here on the... Uh... Your life's 100% your responsibility. Any other quotes that we should uh, put into our quote uh, library from you, Todd? I think a lot of people I hear in being business, they always tell me, hey, it's okay, I'll do this or I'll do that when the time's right, when it's perfect, right? And I say, look, there's no such thing as, as perfection, right? There's never going to be a perfect time. So I always tell people, hey, 
it's better is perfect, right? Better, I, I try to be better in every area of my life than that, just 1% a day. And if you can do that, that's the closer you're going to get to, to um, being perfect. And the, I guess the last thing I'd say is, I tell people all the time, I live an excuseless life, right? I don't even know if that's a word, but from that standpoint, it's, I don't know, I just, you're either buying or selling your own excuses. So make that choice. And like I said, take it as your responsibility and, and get after it and take mass, massive action. You'll have the results you want. Awesome. All right. Well, in closing here, be an icon. Todd, welcome to the industry. I'm glad you're uh, working on uh, keeping people uh, alive, healthy, and well. And uh, as George Collin used to say, like, I want to go sliding into the casket because I got everything done. And I go. wore my body to the best use. So yep. awesome, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, Pete. That was fun.